As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Dennis Hammond, a.k.a. Dennis is the Apprentice on most social media platforms, co-owns and operates Gene Johnson Plumbing and Heating, and a Zoom drain franchise in the Seattle market. Dennis is passionate about introducing young people to the vast opportunities in the trades and helping them develop lucrative careers. Welcome, Dennis. Good afternoon. Mark Madison here on People. Today, my guest is Dennis Hammond. Dennis, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for having us having me on. Ha <laughs> So, where did you and I meet? <laughs> you and I met in um, in Florida at the Service World meeting this last year. So let me get this straight: you live in, you work in Muckleteo, Washington. You live or work part time in Ballard, Washington, uh, both 20, 30 minutes from where I live, and yet we had to go to Tampa. We had to go to Tampa to meet, and it blows my mind that you live uh, so close. I'm in Edmonds all the time, and right, yeah, here we are. A town so boring when the tide goes out, it doesn't come back in. <laughs> exactly. exactly, that's what I tell people. They said, "Doesn't it rain all the time?" I said, "Yeah, every day." Don't yeah, exactly, for sure. But Don't... it's not. It's not working, Dennis. They keep I coming. Know. Edmonds is beautiful. Oh, I. Just... So, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Wenatchee, Washington, the Apple Capital of the World. Oh, I didn't know Wenatchee. Not, uh, did you go to East or West? Oh, east, or where'd you East, go to high Wenatchee, east Wenatchee. Of course you did. Class yeah. of 89, Wildcats. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to uh, uh, community college in Wenatchee, and then I um, I ended up going to Mount Hood Community College in the mortuary department. So you were dying to get into that business at an early age. Sorry, I you yes. lobbed it in. I had I know, to give I, it a swing. I slipped in. It slipped it in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, at an early age, you literally said, "This is the path I want to be on." Absolutely not. No, I got, I got drug in that direction. You got corralled and hogtied. A hogtied, yes. Man, but that was what ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, 92, 93. Yeah, I'd been in, I'd done a couple years of construction and a lot of different sales things and um hadn't I had helped my brother start a CPA firm from the ground up and was looking for my next opportunity. And my my roommate's my roommate's dad was a mortician and started wanting me to come work over there and I was not interested. But um finally I said yes because I had no reason to say no. And uh mm. I actually liked it for a while. Yeah. For a while, so how long you how long have you been in the funeral business? I just did a funeral Saturday, so I've been doing it since since uh, ninety seven. 
25, 30 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you have to have a, a special, in my opinion, you have to have a special heart, uh, a special makeup to do that. Um, the folks that were so kind to me when my mom passed were just amazing. They're the, the depth of her empathy and caring and consideration. Yeah, it's that's kind of what sold me. When I went there, I immediately fell in love with the crew. Um, the guys were very professional, very precise in their in their work as well as emotionally. And um, yeah, we put a lot of heart into the service we provided. But then they also knew how to um, a fantastic sense of humor. And so they really knew how to work hard and work sincerely and professionally, but they also know knew how to take themselves lightly and and, and right get away from it. So rule sixty two, don't take yourself too seriously. No, 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 no. Yeah, and sure. you know from having me seen me present a few times, I use a lot of self defecating humor. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, uh, in that in that in that business, everyone's having a worse day than you, and so right. uh, you you learn to not get upset about having a death call on your on someone's birthday. I I, I went to so many birthday parties and I have to leave my family there and leave, and I wouldn't be upset because how how can I get upset when someone's just lost their mom? Right, it's like oh, I missed my birthday party, you know, or a, a birthday party. So there are a few things more intensely painful than that. Yes. And to be that person that steps up and is there with that measure of compassion and empathy, that's amazing. Uh, so, so, but that's not why we connected in Tampa. <laughs> no, so we're what did you, what did you say to me? Uh, was it before or after my talk? I forget. You asked for a favor. Yeah. I asked you to come on my podcast, my, uh, Behind the Windshield with Dennis the Apprentice podcast. I actually bought a booth at the Service World and set up a podcast booth, and uh, I invited you on to it. You were going around lassoing people, and I I never turned down an opportunity to talk, so I said, sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was fun. And it didn't, we ran out of time before we ran out of fun. You know, I love that, Mark. You you uh, you bought, you got yourself, you, you didn't know me, so you you bought yourself an out by saying you only had 20 minutes. <laughs> and so I shut it down. At, I shut it down in 20 minutes. You're like, why'd you shut it down? That was great. We were having fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, you know, in all fairness, I think I had, you know, I had uh, two, two, two people had come up to me and literally given me their credit cards and said, we want you to speak. And I had meet, I had meetings I had to go to that I, yeah. you know, while those guys were there. So, yeah. Yeah. And you turned out to be one of those guys too later on, but you know, Hey, that, Absolutely. that took a little while. So been in one industry for 30 years you still love what you do you're good at it but that's not the only thing you do no yeah i run uh, um i run gene johnson plumbing it's a family-owned professionally run uh plumbing heating company um i bought it with my sister-in-law from her father as well as we have a zoom drain franchise so we have two plumbing companies in the seattle area yeah. And Gene Johnson in Ballard, Washington. I have driven by that sign since I I'm sure since I was in college in the 70s. It had to be in the late 70s. Oh yeah, he bought that in 78 is when yes. he bought that property. It was on Greenwood Avenue. It's been Yeah. Yeah. 
a hundred times I drove by that. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yep. We updated the sign, by the way. Nice. Yeah. I haven't been down there in a while. My sister used to live in Ballard. She used to say, uh, do you know what you call a good-looking woman in Ballard? Visitor? <laughs> you know, because it was all, back in the 70s, it was all fishermen, right? Yeah. Yeah, Norwegian fishermen. You know, yep. now it's like this gentrified hipster hangout. Did you ever think Ballard would be a hipster hangout? I didn't see that coming. And uh, yeah, the downtown, that's a vibrant downtown now, for sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's it like to be in the plumbing business? It's you so are... different than than the funeral business. Yeah, but there's a lot in common. Yeah, there's a lot similar to you. I actually really like it. I I kind of, uh, there's, there's kind of, um, um, you know, plumbers aren't really well thought of. And if you say, I'm going to become a plumber, you're not, you know, your family's not giving you high fives all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I kind of, I, I, I skipped, I only went to college to get that degree I needed. I served a two-year apprenticeship in the, at the funeral home. And um, it's a trade. Mortuary is, is being a mortician, that's, that's a trade. Right. And um, there's a two-year apprenticeship. And then there was a, there was a two-year degree mortuary science degree that went along with that but with that other than that i didn't go to college much and um boy if you don't go to college my i have three three daughters that have gone through high school recently and and if you're not going to a four-year college away from home you are actually looked down on and my my oldest daughter was kind of teary one day and i'm like what's 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 wrong and she's like she feels like a failure because she's going to the community college near our home oh and I'm and and that's kind of what the schools kind of drove into them. And I'm like, what do you? I thought when was it not a smart thing to go get your AA at a community college and figure out what you really want to get your major in, then transfer right. It to you, right? Right. That is looked down on now, and so that's crazy. Yeah, and so I really have this. I I have a lot of energy about helping young people that don't go to college, you know, get traction and really make something of themselves. And do that in the same time that their buddies went to college. And so let's compare notes when they graduate from, from their four-year degree. Right. So I have then, a lot of energy in that, in that right there. And just take the income that a plumber makes his first 10 years and, and the full-time student first 10 years and see who's winning. Yep. I have a little promise. I say, give me three years. You'll be licensed, debt-free, and making 100 grand a year or more if you're interested. Yeah, and you've got some plumbers to make twice that. Yeah, and I've made that come true several times. And when they go when they go meet their buddies that are coming back from college who have no job experience, they've got a bunch of college debt, uh, it's kind of exciting. No so, kidding. Yeah. You're a prophet. Yeah. You've got one guy, and I've forgotten his name, but he he said his goal was 250 this year. Yeah. He, his son works there. He has passion and enthusiasm. I forgot his name, though. Oh, that's Miguel. 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 Yes. He's great. He's very good. I do have, um, I have another kid too. His name is two and he is an accountant. He has a degree from university of Washington as an accountant. And he's been here four years and he's going to do well. He's going to take home well over 200 grand himself. And, and he's, he's smart, smart and focused and deliberate and intentional. Yeah. I was impressed with him. Yeah. He did over, he sold and did over a million dollars this year. And he came from Vietnam or Taipei, yeah. Taiwan? Yeah. Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
hitting on. Yeah, I was impressed with him. He's a smart guy. Yeah, and he devoted himself to the trade like he devoted himself to his studies at the University of Washington. And, yeah. you know, if you say something, oh, this guy's got a degree as a CPA, but he's a plumber making almost 250 grand. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He's not, That's awesome. He's not even uh, 30. <laughs> like, what's his future look like, right? I know. So bright, it burns our eyes. Yeah. Fun fact, I signed up as a plumber in 1976 in the Air Force. That was my second okay. choice. And then the first choice came a couple months later when they said, hey, we have that refrigeration air conditioning job if you still want it. So I was within a month or so of being a plumber. Wow. I know. So I, you know, no I, regrets. I, I, I'm still, I'm still working with plumbers and air conditioning companies, you know, all over the world. So yeah, pretty happy. It'd be, fun to, it'd be fun. Wouldn't it be fun to see how many times we were really close to meeting, but we never did because we're traveling the same circles right. in the same time. I mean, countless times. How many times were you at Jensco and I was on the other side of the counter or something, right? Right. And I did a thing for Jensco when they when they merged with Albina. Mm -hmm. I did some team building with them probably 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, just the the fact that you know, we our our trucks or cars drove by each other all these years and it took it took going to Tampa to meet. That's just nuts. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So so growing up, who are your mentors? You first in the in the uh, mortuary business, and then in plumbing. Uh, well, growing up, my I my my first real strong mentor was Jim Rohn. Uh, I my brother gave me a tape is called "How to Have a Better Year." Yeah, and um, I listened to that over and over and over, and I can um, I can I can say that and i could turn the cassette off for 10 20 seconds to turn it back on and i'm on the exact same syllable he is i listened to it that much but that it was he, recorded in dallas in 2001 yeah it was right in that era yeah how do i know that because i had the cd <laughs> yeah yeah and i listened i too listened to it i don't know oh. 50 times yeah he so was amazing Whenever I, I kind of, I pictured him as my grandfather. And so whenever I would get stuck, I would just play that in my head and I'd figure out how to unstuck myself. Um, he so says was, his, his first mentor was Earl Schoff. And he says, Mr. Mr. Rohn, do you, do you have any goals, <laughs> uh, you know, on you? He said, no. He said, do you have any goals anywhere? No. He says, you've messed up. Right. <laughs> Mr. Like, Rohn. I suggest you got you're behind on your big mouth promises. You're 25 years old. You got nothing in the bank, right? I suggest you <laughs> not do that anymore. Oh, he I I found a tape for two dollars in a thrift store in Laguna Beach, California, on our way to Disneyland. And my kids were little, not 93, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know who Jim Rohn was, and I plugged it in, and my kids thought he was hilarious because the boys, why you messed up? And yeah. so they said, "Dad, play the guy with the voice." So we'd listen to it every day, you know, driving around California on vacation. You know, and it's aged well. My kids doing the same thing. We listen to it on the way to our workouts in the morning. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You know, and then he came to Seattle in 94 and I went and I sat in the front row and I bought, you know, $400 worth of every, everything he had. Videos, books, audio. Mark, Mark, you and I were in the same front row. Dude. Yeah. That's nuts. I was there. I've got, I just found my picture of... 
he had a he had a, a brown blazer on. Yes, a camel, a camel color brown blazer. On. I just found my picture of of me and him uh, uh, with a selfie. I'll bet I cut in front of you on the line for the back yeah. of the room to buy his stuff. <laughs> I probably pushed you out of the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jim Rohn. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, it was Emerson. I think that said, "If we're related, we'll meet." And I think that's why we eventually uh, met each other. Is that is the law of attraction? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Besides Jim Rohn, who else? Uh, industry specific. Um, mentors. Yeah. Yes, as I was, I I started. Uh, so I'm a mortician running the plumbing company. I I got here and um, three years out, I I came to help dad and I was going to become a plumber. Um, he offered me a chance to get my hands on the business and um, I couldn't figure out how to start a funeral company. How, how do you start a funeral business? Right? Like, how do you do Boy, that? Boy, no kidding. Like you start cold calling or, I mean, like I don't, I literally didn't know how to figure that. I couldn't figure that out. And so when he offered me to come to work and become a plumber and then I could get my hands on the business and buy into the business, I jumped and turned my two weeks in and everybody thought I was crazy. But really, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and so that was right. That made sense to me. So, um, um, I came over and started doing some sales stuff with the guys, and got things. Some things were going good, and I was reading articles. I I, I subscribed to trade journals, so every yep. trade has their trade journals. Yep. I had mortuary science. I had embalming today, right? And so. In the in the plumbing and heating trade, we've got our, our Reeves Journal, our plumbing and mechanical, and PHC Pros, right? We've got all our trade journals. Even contracting business. Yeah, contracting yeah. business. Yeah. Right. I would read those cover to cover, and that's how I got myself up to speed quickly. In I used to do something called rip and read. I would tear two or three articles out of each magazine once a month, and and because they would throw them away, and so I'd say, "Can I have those?" And so I tear those out then i did the same thing for years why are they all in the garbage mark no, they're usually in the bathroom or the garbage one of the two because they're loaded i've written 63 articles for contracting business magazine yeah right yeah i mean th there's some great information in there yeah I, well, I one of the things that changed my life was i read an article in contracting business in 1992 by harvey about harvey mckay and i, I literally love, said i want to be harvey mckay i love harvey mckay Oh, yes. in that same thrift store, I bought how to, uh, how to Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, along right. with Jim Rohn's uh, audio yep. cassette. Yeah, my daughter's reading that book right now. He's yeah. And I got to meet him. He, he spoke in Seattle, I don't know, 95, 96. I've not met and him. He's not a great speaker, not like Jim Rohn was, but he's so smart. Yeah. And he's so successful in everything he did. His books are amazing. All I did was sell envelopes. That, you know, an envelope salesman. The yep. hardest thing you can sell with the lowest possible margins. Yep. Yep. So, wow. yeah, so these trade journals, so I would read those cover to cover and get myself up to speed. And, you know, at the end of every article, there's this information that says, you know, who wrote the article and where right. they work and their yeah, it's a signature. Yeah. And then a phone number. And so I was reading Frank Blau's articles on flat rate. And oh, my yeah. Dad, my dad was, my father-in-law was very much against flat rate, but it sure made sense to me from a business standpoint. And so one day I finally, I read this article and I, I, I called that number and guess who answered the phone? Frank Blau, the godfather. 
Frank Blau answered the phone. I told him my situation. And he's like, Dennis, you need to get yourself to Florida and talk to my guy, Kenny Chapman. He's putting on a seminar. You need, <laughs> to, you need to be there. And um, another friend of mine and podcast guest. Yeah. So that's how. So Frank Blau is the first I followed. I watched everything he put out, read all his articles. And then I was at a super meeting for Next Star. And I was sitting at the table for lunch. This is one of my favorite stories. I'm sitting at the table for lunch at break time. Frank Blau was across the table. And then they come in with that bell, like, hey, it's time to go back to the seminar. Our seminar is going to start in a minute. And everybody jumps up and leaves. I'm like, I'm not leaving. So I sat there and I had like an hour visit with Frank Blau, just him and me at the lunch table. And uh, it was amazing. Well, you were smart because that guy had forgotten more than most people knew. Yep. Yep. He was he was doing training and education, I think probably when I was an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. He he put a lot of energy into lots of young people for sure. He helped a lot of people. Yeah. yeah he had a passion for it. Oh, that's... So, yeah, Frank Frank Blau was uh, a mentor for sure. And um he turned me on to Kenny and Next Star. And um that's that's kind of the avenue I took. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. What book what books had an impact on you? Because I know you're a serious student. Uh what books? Um well the Bible's probably the first one. I got that up here at my desk here. Um pretty hard to argue with that one. Yeah. Because there's sixty-six books in there. I mean, people don't realize that. There's a there's like sixty-six separate books in there. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You like you think it's a, you you sit down and you read it, and all of a sudden you find yourself in it. It's like, whoa, wait a second, is that that's talking to me? That's right. about, that's about what I'm dealing with right now. It's, it's kind of interesting. You can't read Proverbs without going, huh? How old is this information? Exactly. And that's true today more than it was then. Yeah. Um, another book I read um when like when I was still trying to find my way. Before plumbing, I read um, I read The Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. Mm. It was a big, thick book before Think and Grow Rich. It was right. a college course. And I had to ride the bus for six months. And I read that cover to cover while I rode the bus. And uh, so that was really influential. Um, you can't read Napoleon Hill and not be inspired. No, that's amazing stuff. And again, written in the 30s. Yep. The reason forties. Yep. Probably one of the um um some books I've loved inside our contracting business. Um The Ultimate Question. I really loved the book, The Ultimate Question. Who wrote that? On a scale of one to ten, how likely is it that you would recommend our services to your friends or family? On a scale of one to 10. Wow. How likely is it you would recommend our services to one of your friends or family? Uh, that was by um, Rhett Child. I read that a, a number of times. I never met the guy, but it's now that that concept is kind of implemented into service Titan a bit. But um, Well, I, I literally ask my audiences when I speak, how many felt like today was really valuable? Mm -hmm. I did it with you. Yeah. <laughs> And how many feel like uh, you'd like to have me back? And everybody raises their hand. It's really hard not to bring me back after that. Yes. 
it's pretty much impossible. Come on. Yes. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. and you know, I don't know when I got the nerve to, to say that, but I think I was one day where I was really in the zone and things were clicking and, yeah. you know, standing ovation was on its way kind of thing. And you just knew it, you felt it. And I just said, I just said it. And now I say it all the time, but that's such a great question because you're basically saying you're laying the groundwork for endless referrals. Yeah. Yeah. That's so simple. Yeah. Say that one more time so they so my uh, listeners can hear it again. The ultimate question is how likely is it you would refer our services to one of your friends or family on a scale of 1 to 10. And okay. then there's a whole yeah there's a whole ratio of 9s and 10s count and I think it's 4 or 5 6s are are like not passionate or something. Right. And then you take the top and subtract the negative and you get a number. There's a rating system in there and you figure out what your rating is. And it, it kind of, it's a real clear judge on how well you're doing. Wow. Um, because when I think about your business and my business, I mean, it's, the lifeblood is referrals. Yep. Yep. Right. I yep. mean, I, so literally this is how simple it is. So based on having seen me present, Dennis, how likely would you be to introduce me to two people that you know within the industry? Very likely. Yeah. Would you say yeah. it was a nine or a 10? Uh-huh. And there it is. There it is. And and unassertive salespeople have skinny kids. We can't be shy. Why aren't we asking for referrals? I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah, that's the number one uh, That's the number one thing we don't do is ask, right? As salespeople, the, the number one thing they don't do is ask. They make their presentation, and if the people don't pull out the checkbook and write a check or, or use a credit card, then they... We walk out the door, right? Right. Let's say, why don't you ask first? See what happens. And here's two other occasions to ask. After you solved a, a sticky wicket, a problem that the customer was unhappy, but then you took whatever method, you know, means necessary to solve the problem, they were happy again. And once they're happy, that's the time to ask for a referral. The other yeah. time, and no one does this, I don't know why, right after you make a sale, right after somebody hands you a check or signs the agreement, why aren't we asking for two more names? Because nobody talks about it. Yes. We don't we don't think about it. Or or now that the wallet's out, sell something else. Yeah, upsell. Fries uh, with that? Offer one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fries with that. <laughs> Plumbing service with that? Maintenance with that? Yeah, I like you, you know, I, I was I was an apprentice and I was selling more than the guy they hired full time. Yeah. You know, and because I've always been an entrepreneur, I just happened to be an air conditioning guy for a while working with the tools. But I, my wife said to me one day, is there any way you can augment some income? And I said, yeah, let me think about that. And then this, this journeyman I was working with, his name was Don Blakely. I'll never forget this guy. And he, he literally showed me how to, to ask for maintenance. And he said, this is really simple. Watch this. And he, we'd go to this grocery store and it was, it was in Ballard and uh, the Ballard market. And we walk, we walk in and he says, it's time for maintenance. I brought a young apprentice with me to keep the cost down. The guy says, great. And he said he would do that when they would say, you can go home. We don't have any service calls for you. And he'd go make his own work. And I thought, well, I can do that. That's not hard. And I started asking. That's awesome. That's like walking into anywhere with a, with a ladder. Just walk in with a ladder and I'll let you in. Right? 
and a bungee cord to keep the wind from blowing it over. Right, exactly. Hey, because you know what? One day at a 7-Eleven, I was up on the roof and the wind blew and it landed. It could have landed on the rusted out old S10, but that particular day, the wind was blowing the other direction. It landed on the Jaguar soft top. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, tore that guy's car all to creation. Oh, my he goodness. was so mad. That was the day I was introduced to Mr. Bungie. It makes a lot of sense. I knew right? that when you said that, I knew there was a story. Without <laughs> a bungee coin. <laughs> what advice would you offer someone who's in the services business? Doesn't matter if it's plumbing or air conditioning or electrical. Uh, what advice would I give someone in the service business? Oh my goodness, get on get on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube and learn from other people. Mm. Called OPE, other people's experience. There are fantastic tradespeople out there putting out great contact content, sharing their day, sharing their how tos and their tips of the trade. And it's a vibrant, it's a vibrant culture out there. It's 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 rich. If 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 you're not tapped into that at least once a day for twenty or thirty minutes in your industry, you're missing out. It's just great advice. Well, I literally sent you an audio book called by Claude Bristol called The Magic of Believing, which mm -hmm. I listened to this morning on YouTube for I listened to it twice. It was so good. And I filled up five pages of notes in my journal and then I sent it to about 20 people. Awesome. Because it's so good. And that book, The Magic of Believing, was written in 1948. And there's a great story attached to that book. Phyllis Diller was uh, a single mom and a very unsuccessful person. She was cleaning office buildings and she barely made enough money to feed her kids. And somebody had thrown that book in the trash. So she took it out and she stopped working. She sat down and read it. And she decided after reading that book to become a comedian. Awesome. Literally after reading awesome. a book and she didn't work the rest of the night. She just read that book for like three hours. Yep. Yep. And when I heard that story, I went out and bought that book like, I don't know, 30 years ago. But I came across the audio version of it this morning and I was like, oh, I got to send this to some people that I care about. Yes. So that's fantastic advice. Yeah, and there's people uploading all that old classic stuff up on the YouTube all the time. Oh, Earl Nightingale. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all over. It's Earl Nightingale is on Instagram and TikTok all over the place now. It's amazing. And, you know, I, he died in 1989, and that was the year I got committed to listening to audio programs while I drive, which is really ironic, because he started Nightingale Connet, which was the first audio yep. uh, learning platform. Back then, it was cassettes. Yep. I remember my friend Mike Pearson's father, Armin, he owned Sleepwear Mattress. In his office, he had an Earl Nightingale audio program, and, and he was a very wealthy man, very successful. And uh, I remember thinking, huh, Earl Nightingale, who's that? Well, Earl's changed my life. He's probably one of my best mentors, even though I never met him. Yep. The strangest secret, what you think about most of the, you become what you think about most of the time. There it is. I mean, that's the title of my new book, As We Think, So We Become, and it was inspired by Earl. Yep. Well, yep. we're almost out of time. Uh, parting shots. P.S. What advice would you offer young people? Pay yourself first. Oh, you're talking about George Clayson, the richest man in Babylon? Absolutely. That guy was a tradesman. He was a he he built chariots. That was built for us. That book was written for us. It's it's blue collar. That man was a he was building the chariots and he was tired because he was he, he built the most beautiful chariots in the kingdom. 
He was a trade. He was a tradesman like you and I are. Yeah, ten percent of all you earn is yours to keep. If we could, if we could, if we could teach that that the, the day you start work, the very first thing is ten percent's got to got to be saved, because it it's never a good time. There's always something comes up. It's never a good time to start. Right. And, When's and, the best time to plant a tree? Twenty years ago. When's the next best time? Right now. Yeah. And if you don't do it today, something's going to come up tomorrow. Right. Is and you hear that, but it's actually I've lived it. Like so many, like life just goes so fast. And and if you get successful, it goes even faster. Because then they, they they tell they tell you if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Right. And so now I've got two plumbing companies. I got a funeral business still going on. I'm president of PHCC. And it just keeps going. I got the I got the podcast thing going and Instagram going, and it just keeps going. And there's never time to start. So the best time to start is today. And you it, know, you and I are self-employed. When we call in sick, we know we're lying. Yep, we're the best and worst boss we ever had. Hundred percent. Oh man, uh, you know we we can do we should do this again. This was so great. You and I could talk for hours. Obviously. Yes, I've got more books to share next time. Uh, <laughs> we'll get at least well, four more to recommend then one of them better be mine by golly yeah it's here i have a i have a button on my desk that says yes that my granddaughters just love so i'm going to push it and see what it says okay yeah. oh it was ronald reagan one more time <laughs> uh, and that's what i'm going to say is yes this was so fun awesome thank you so much dennis and You're welcome. Uh, and thanks for playing in my sandbox and and may you uh, let me just say this may the best of 2022 be the uh the worst of 2023 for you and yours i love that and mark i've got a funny feeling something good's going to happen to you today <laughs> <laughs> i i think the same way but that's my expectation every day so awesome thanks dennis thanks mark as a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206 697 0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books simply go to my website www.sparkingsuccess.net and remember make it a great day unless you have other plans <laughs>